Hey there, folks. Welcome to, of course, Griff Talks Football with your host, Griff, here. And welcome to Season 2, Episode 5, Defensive Identity. And I thought that it would be a great time for the middle of the season. Yes, we are in the middle of the season. So after this episode, we have five more left. And I thought it would be appropriate to focus, my bad, to focus on... For the first time, the defensive side of the ball, or really put an emphasis again on the defensive side of the ball. Uh, the I wasn't necessarily skewing towards an offensive season uh, necessarily. Uh, there were certain topics where I felt like, wow, this is really important, or wow, this is really interesting, and I really want to share information about this particular subject. Um, but the defense identity is also interesting and important. Many people or many individuals, especially throughout sports media, have always talked about offense and touchdowns. Don't get me wrong. Touchdowns are most definitely exciting. But you most often hear offense identity than defense identity. When people often talk about defense, they talk about, okay, well, they need to, you know, not allow so many touchdowns, or they need to force more turnovers, or needing to have more sacks per game as a team, or not allow third down conversions. While you hear offensively, you you hear more so of like, wow, they really needed to run the ball more. Or wow, there isn't a offensive identity for this team. Or wow, they need to be more a vertical team based on their weapons. Maybe they need to go back to the quick game, uh, like the West Coast system. There's been many arguments in, in here. In maybe you might have heard more information about offense rather than defense. And of course, the same thing can be said for special teams in terms of information, but special teams isn't as glamorous as defense, and defense isn't as spectacular as offense. It's where everything eventually comes down to of what sports media would rather talk about is, is offense. Now, however... For this episode, I want to share about different types of defensive identities. You know, much like often as the identity, you have your power run, your zone run, your West Coast, your air raid. Um, if you're a more vertical passing team, whether it's playing a shotgun formations or maybe it's just play actions, right? But that also coincides with your defensive personnel, and evidently, the style of, of what you want to establish. Again, if I'm running a zone scheme offensively, it's I would, would love to run a lot of 21 personnel with some one-back formations mixed in, um, where I, again, want to attack the edges horizontally and uh, try to stretch the defenses sideline and sideline to then have play-action passes that complement well with the zone run game. And much like defense, there are particular fronts as well as the personnel or sub-packages that are associated with defense, as well as the style that you want to implement. Uh, And before I go into types of style or identities, 
um, as well as coverages that are often associated. I want to go dive in again to the six defensive fronts. Now, I've mentioned it throughout the season before, um, but I did a huge, I, I did a huge episode in regards to coverages last week. So you're welcome to check that out to get more details on coverages, even though that was more, it was more simplifications because you can go into more details about each coverage, although I won't be doing that for this season. Uh, that will be at another point next season where I talk about particular coverages for their own episode. But again, you're welcome to check out uh, different ways to attack different coverages. Uh, again, that was last week's episode, season two, episode four. However, again, that was also speaking from an offensive standpoint of how to attack these coverages. Um, but in that episode, I've went through the defensive fronts, and I'm going to be mentioning them again. Uh, and again, the six defensive fronts are often referred to as odd, even, over, under, stack, and bare. Now, odd is often associated with a 3-4 defense. That consists of a nose. A nose is right in front of the center. Of course, you can have a shade that's still somewhat in front of the center, but it's either to the left or the right shoulder of said center, depending on the offensive formation that's being presented. But it's, again, associated with a 3-4 defense that consists of a nose, five guys close to the line of scrimmage. So... You have three down linemen, basically, of what other coaches reference to. So you got your nose, your five technique, and another five technique. And then you have your uh, outside linebackers, where they're often lined up in a, in a seven. And then you have your two linebackers, who are often lined up, um, which they are often referred to, by the way, as the Mike and Willie. The Mike is usually lined up in the A-gap. Uh, front side A gap, while the Willie linebackers lined up in the backside A gap. And what I mean by that is, in terms of A gaps, A gap strong is usually referenced to the tight end side. A gap weak is usually referred to as the opposite side of where the tight end is lined up. That's essentially what that is. With even though, even is mainly referred to as a 4-2-5 defense. You got four down linemen, your two linebackers, and five defensive backs. However, in this even front, you usually have um, eight in the box. So you have your uh, seven technique, a uh, three technique, a one, a five technique, um, and then you have your weak safety um, out wide, a few yards away from the five techniques so the backside. You have your strong safety um, basically playing a near nine technique on the tight end side, but a few yards away from the tight end. Not usually so close to the line of scrimmage, but a, a few yards away. And then again, you have your Mike and Willie in the strong and backside A-gaps. Um, over front is, a, is referred to as a 4-3 defense. And it consists of four down linemen, but with the defensive ends playing a nine technique. Um, you still have your one technique, your three. Your Mike's uh, is over the center. Your Willie and your Sam 
are into the B gaps. And Sam is referred to in the strong B gap. Your uh, under front is a 5-2 defense. Five guys, again, close to the line of scrimmage. Uh, but it also can be said of a variation of 4-3. The only reason why it's not an odd, because in a under front, you don't have a nose associated. A nose is mainly associated with a 3-4 or an odd. Uh, you don't see nose often in under front. Under still consists of a... Um, of a four of a four three look, but in the sense of not having wide nines, so it's more so associated with a even front look. Yes, again, like I said earlier, eight guys in the box, but it still has the same principle where the defense alignment are lined up. Only this time, uh, you have your seven technique on the strong side move to more of a six, and then you have your sandbacker close um, to more of a seven technique. Uh, really close to the line of scrimmage on the on the strong side. So again, you still have your five down linemen. Um, it's just a different alignment um, because again, there's no nose associated with the under front. Stack front is mainly referred to as your three three five defense. So you got uh, three down linemen, uh, and there is a nose associated with stack defense, but you now have three. Uh, Backers uh, uh, that are in different gaps. The mic is usually lined up five yards behind the nose. You got your uh, Willie lined up in the B gap. You got your um, my bad. You got your Sam backer lined up in the in the strong side B gap. You got your defensive ends playing the five technique. So again, you have a different very uh, variations of fronts, um, but again, a stack front. Each backer is behind each defense alignment. If that makes sense, and then with your bare front, that's referred to as the forty-six defense, um, otherwise known as really uh, eight guys. Uh, in the box, but six guys close to the line of scrimmage, or six guys on the line of scrimmage, um, where you have your strong safety usually over the tight end. You do have a nose in the situation. Um, it's basically, hey, you're not going to run up the middle against us kind of front. Um, of course, there's different ways to beat each defensive front that's associated, but that's basically what it comes down to, or the uh, simplification just an overview of these fronts. Now with identity, identity is supposed to complement well with said front. So there are different types of identity. Is it as much as offensive identity? No. There is gap control, aggressive, and then what I deem is shifting. Shifting is a way to move and change different fronts to either confuse the offense, especially the offensive line and who to block, or B, to really put stress in the offense line and try to limit some plays um, that the offense was trying to use. So sometimes offenses will go to audibles because they love the defensive look that's um, being uh, presented. Um, however, um, you... 
may put yourself in a bind if the offense calls the right audible. Sometimes the offense may call an audible and try to confuse the defense to get the look that they want. But again, defenses often shift fronts to stop certain plays to take away the strengths um, of said offense. I think the most perfect example is when uh, everyone has, especially Tony Romo, has coined this as a Super Bowl defense. And the Patriots implemented this uh, five-down lineman with one linebacker. So basically six guys in the box. And they got two guys in a wide nine technique. And they're trying to seal the edge. Now, they implement this when they played against the Rams uh, in the Super Bowl. And the Rams were known for their one-back personnel with their wide receivers blocking a lot, especially within the box, trying to run their zone scheme. And that's what made this offense, quote, so innovative, unquote, by many sports media, just because there were a bunch of jet sweep motions associated um, and again, you don't often see one-back personnel looks with receivers blocking defense alignment in a, uh, in a zone scheme. You don't often see it. The Rams were one of the most unique teams to use that under head coach Sean McVay, but that was one way the defense did. Now, sometimes they shifted different fronts, but most of the time they used that as a way to take away the offensive strength. And that's what defensive is, uh, what it comes down to, is trying to take away the offensive strengths. But again, gap control, aggressive, and shifting are those identities. Uh, gap control is most associated with what it sounds like, which is true, is, is sticking to your gaps. You're trying to keep everything in front of you. You're trying to control the line of scrimmage, not get beat outside, um, especially when it comes to coverages, don't get beat outside. And again, try to keep everything in front of you. We'd rather have the offense attack us up front than try to beat us on the outside. Um, that's one way of, of, of playing defense. The other way is aggressive, where you're constantly blitzing, where you may not be as gap controlled. Even though gap alignment and assignment is by far important in any defense, especially any defensive identity that you're trying to, to implement, um, you will get in the situations where you're just trying to create certain penetrations um, on defense to then have an opportunity to create at least one hole or one space that would be wide open for a blitz to then get past the lineman to get to the running back or quarterback or to anyone who really has the ball um, at the line of scrimmage, which is usually um, either the running back after a handoff or the quarterback when it comes to a pass play or a rollout. So that's one way, again, of, of playing defense. Now, um, when it comes to identity as well as defensive fronts, base personnel also plays a key role. So, again, if you want to be an odd front with three down linemen and three linebackers, great. And you feel like this the that's the strength of your team, go for it. Now if you feel like that on certain situations or certain weeks or certain teams where you can't always line up in base personnel, you can add another safety in there that basically replaces the linebacker. If, however, if that strong safety or if the other safety that's basically playing that linebacker position is athletic, is your basically best player. 
Because offenses will often try to scheme up plays to attack certain coverages. They not they may not always be in their base personnel or what they deem as their best players on the field all the time. Um, same thing again can be said for defense. Um, they will try to scheme you up and find ways to attack you as well as defend. Uh, but sometimes you just want to put in your best players. It is a player's game after all, not so much a coach's game, even though coaching is by far important. Um, you often have um, Jimmy's and the Joe's, not so much X's and O's kind of saying, where players are, uh, again, are the utmost importance. And again, you want to put your best player um, or players on the field. Um, but another thing to keep in mind is coverages that are associated with these defensive fronts and identities. So uh, again, if I if I if I use an odd front, which again five down linemen, or really three down linemen, but two linebackers close to the line of scrimmage, and then two linebackers five yards behind, uh, uh, five yards away from the line of scrimmage, the coverages that you will often see associated would be a cover one, uh, cover two man, blitz zero, cover two zone, cover three, and cover four. Um, which again, that's of, of one way, of, or at least using coverages that complement well with said front. However, uh, cover one sometimes can be run by an odd front, but then you'll get in that situation where that safety will be the eighth guy in the box. Um, but again, it's still deemed an odd front just because of that nose. But then you have to consider, if you're looking at this from an offensive standpoint, okay, you got eight guys in the box, what can we do in this scenario? Uh, but mo- mo- most times, uh, you wouldn't see a strong safety close to the box in the a, in a odd front because you, you got seven guys in the box. But with the even front, Coverages that are often associated with this even front, um, it, which has, again, eight guys in the box, is cover three, cover one, blitz zero, and sometimes press cover four, where you got that strong safety line up close to the tight end uh, or on the strong side, really, um, to complement not only well, not to complement well, well, not only with the front that you're trying to stick to and you feel like is your base identity, where you feel like it's your strongest suit, the even front, but you're trying to find, again, coverages that associate well with even front. And again, coverages that have the strong safety um, in the box that's part of your defensive front would often work. Again, cover one, cover three, uh, cover four press. We got guys playing close to the line of scrimmage. Um, the free safety wouldn't necessarily play close to the line of scrimmage. We'll still line up deep, but then just play um, cover four principles where you got guys trying to cover verticals, basically. Now with the overfront, coverage is often associated with overfront is a cover two zone, cover two man, cover four press, Tampa two, and, and of course, blitz zero. Uh, you wouldn't often see um, cover three associated with an over front because you got seven guys in the box. Much like an odd front, you got seven guys in the box. Even front, you got eight guys in the box. 
under front, you got seven guys in the box um, in which cover two zone, cover two man, cover four, and blitz zero. Not so much Tampa 2, just based on where the linebackers are lined up. But again, that's where you most often see the coverages associated with said front. And then you got your stacked front, which you usually would see uh, cover 3, um, cover 1 sometimes, as well as uh, Tampa 2 and Blitz 0. Um, but mostly this front is a... Middle of, it often presents the middle of the field closed coverage. So, uh, again, Tampa 2 is susceptible just because you can have that deep free safety or that deep safety play role of Mike Linebacker. Usually in, in certain fronts, you would have the Mike Linebacker play deep like a free safety. But since you got five defensive acts playing um, deep within this defensive front that's associated, you can get away with that Tampa 2 and then have the mic play elsewhere. Because then you got five defensive backs that are not in the box necessarily, but again are playing away from the line of scrimmage, depending on, again, the coverages that are associated. And then you got your bear front, which is usually just like blitz zero, cover one, or cover three. You wouldn't often see a cover two man. Otherwise, it would take away the purpose of having that bare front to begin with because you're trying to have eight guys in the box. If you're running cover two, that takes away one guy out of the box. Because, again, that's a two-deep safety coverage. Um, cover one is just one safety deep where you got the other safety, again, tight to the line of scrimmage, tight to the tight end in terms of alignment. Um, but, again, that's... One way of of uh, of trying to simplify coverages, if you're looking at this again from an offensive standpoint, simplifying coverages where okay, hey, this is the front that they're in. You'll most likely see coverages associated with said front. Um, and much like offensive identity, I wouldn't run the zone scheme in a spread offense where you got four wide receivers, one running back. And shotgun formations. That's just, it's not effective um, to run an outside zone scheme with that. You need to have bigger guys associated with the run game that you're trying to present. Um, whether it be multiple tight ends, a tight end and a fullback, right? Um, if I was running the spread with an air raid principle with four receivers, that would work. But I wouldn't run air raid principles with a one-back personnel with a tight end if said tight end isn't athletic or doesn't have the best route running ability. Or, you know, using that in a 21 personnel, um, that's not going to be as effective as four wide receivers. And same thing with the defense. I'm not going to call coverage that doesn't complement well with our defensive front and then get beat on said coverage that I called, just because, again, it doesn't complement well with said defensive front. And I have to keep in mind with the defense identity that I'm going to be using. If I'm going with an aggressive defense um, mindset, I would either go with a uh, bare front or an under front or an odd front. And... Coverages associated with odd are trying, or I would try to implement and complement well with 
the identity that I'm doing. Uh, gap control, you can use a even defense or 425 that can complement well with your identity and have coverages associated uh, with the front that you're trying to present that again, ultimately, as I've said this before, complements well with your identity. Um, but something to keep in mind as I end this episode is, you know, ultimately, when it comes when it comes down to defense identity, it, it it's it's three things that are often associated. It's it's what's your base front and coverages that are associated with base front. That's one. What's the system that you're wanting to work on and establish? It's two. And then again, number three is taking away offensive strengths. You need to make sure that you not only put the best players on the field, but you find a defensive front or you find your identity in the defensive front that can match up well with what the offense is doing. You know, if I'm gonna if I if I'm gonna run cover three a lot for the season, I would often do that, but for one week I wouldn't just go to a you know a cover four that again doesn't complement well because one we haven't practiced that much and two um, some of our defensive fronts would have would have to change if we don't have a shifting identity which again some coaches have changed defensive fronts throughout the game to try to counter react counter counter attack the offense's game plan which I understand um, but if you're a shifting defensive identity that's when you uh, find coverages that mix well with, again, identity that you're presenting. Um, but that's it for today's episode. I know it was a long one, but I think it was important to cover this particular subject because I don't often hear about it in sports media, especially when it comes to defensive defense identity. You know, really, I only hear that within coaches' clinics or within particular YouTube channels that do cover these defensive aspects of the game. So again, thank you so much for listening to uh, today's episode. And I'll be back next Tuesday afternoon with another episode. So we're almost done with Season 2, guys. Thank you so much again for listening. And again, I will catch y'all soon. Remember to love or hate my opinions. Thank you.